This is Bang Your Bookie's Wife, the sports gambling podcast that is praying for Mario Cristobal's sake that the price of crypto keeps tanking or else it's hard to see how he survives the shit show in Miami. And I am Joe Public uh, here with the one and only Rain Man who is going to give give us uh, what he calls his big rubber. Rain Man, why do you call it big rubber? Because, Joe, because, listeners, I had my first losing week of the year last week going one and three. But you know what hit? The big rubber. It's safe, and in these dire times, we need safety. So bet it often, bet it hard, bet it big, bet it with everything you hold dear. It is the guarantee. Lock of the week, rain money, baby. Let's go. Notre Dame minus two and a half first USC. Notre Dame minus two and a half. I... I like it as well, and I and I have a feeling I, I know that. another picker who likes it. And Capper, uh, for this for this big rubber, you're going when I when I read this matchup, I just start getting heart disease. Tell me what you got for your big rubber. <laughs> this one may cause um, epileptic seizures. Uh, we've got Wisconsin minus ten at home versus Iowa. That it's just it's a nasty, stinky, Future stinky game. game. You just want to make money on it. And we're betting on it. We're just the men to do it. You sound you sound so much healthier, Capper. I thought you were gonna die during our last recording. I took a turn in Thursday. Um, nasty bout of pink eye, but we, we fought through. <laughs> Dude, stop me. Stay away from the booty holes. If I told you once, Capper, if I if I told you once, I told you a million times, stop letting people fart in your eye. <laughs> Listen, man, it's the real Coach JB here. Man, I hear you've been hanging out with the wrong fucking crowd like a slapdick you are, man. Everybody thought you were fucking smart and all that shit because you watch CNN and MSNBC and fucking Fox News and all that Sounds like you're a fucking dreamer. You're getting dumber. Get your fucking ass figured out. Go watch the real show. Watch. We will ban your bookies, wife. Step your game up. Stop being a slapdick. Make today a great day. This has been your bookies, <clears throat> wife. Uh, we're excited. We're coming off probably one of the better college football weekends in recent memory. There are a lot of a lot of great games, and I think uh, top in the list, the Texas OU game, regretfully memorable. Uh, <laughs> and it, and it seemed to, I think it seemed to really it was unique insofar as it was a really great game where I think both teams profiles rose as a result of that game in a sense, rather than one of them being diminished. I don't know if that's true at all. It's definitely true for OU. It's definitely true for OU for Texas. They didn't need the profile raise. They were undefeated. They had beaten, they had the best one in the country against Alabama. And what did they do? They shot the bed. They looked like they could beat Oklahoma. No doubt in anyone's mind. But they shot the bed. And what has Texas's problem been the last couple of years? Shitting the bed with better talent. And that's what they did again. And that should be scary to all Texas fans that it could happen again this year and not give Texas a shot at the Big 12 championship. Um, Venables' defense had a great game plan. Um, kept it tight the whole way. They ran the ball really well. Um, they have... That punch in the mouth early two, was tone setting yeah, and huge. Yeah, old time Oklahoma football team, and that is um, unexpected after what we saw last year. I think. Um, I think Texas is still really good. I mean, they still have 
a whole lot out in front of them. Uh, it's still a chance. To I think championship still a chance to play. They don't. Play. They don't play prevent defense. They win that it's game. I think. I think mostly. I think coaching decision. It's a game they should have won. I think mostly what I meant yep. by by that is that I do think the general takeaway is that Texas very well could have won that game. They clearly have talented yep, players. Agreed. They yeah. they they had. There were some crazy sequences. The result in the, to the extent that. I don't think that was a game that eliminates Texas's playoff chances, which is why I say it raises both uh, profiles. Yeah, because you can't imagine everyone else holds serve. So yes, yeah. So it was, I, a, it was a true Red River shootout. I mean, it's it's either we've seen in the last like twenty years, it's either just a monstrous blowout or just the craziest game you see. Um, you know, one of the top five crazy games of the year. Like that's I, it. I can say for I can say for certain what I got wrong is I thought Texas offensive line was going to dominate this game, and OU was game on defense. They played hard. Their, their defensive t- line's gotten a lot better. Texas lost its center early. That hurt. Uh, hurt that Texas. did hurt. I am one. The one call that I can't get out of my mind that I'm still very upset about from Sark is the screen on the goal line that he ran specifically to Xavier Worthy versus A.D. Mitchell or any other large monster, Jordan Winnington. You have all these options, and you put the one on in the – Yeah, that's not the way to use him. He's great in open space. But I thought there were these little moments. It was a, it was a cool chess game, and there were these little moments, and it felt like Venables made the better call and, like, all the all the all these little moments add up. But I thought Texas, as soon as they kicked the field goal – it felt wrong, right? Like that was yeah. giving up in a way. Yeah. It, all gas, no brakes. Is that a lie or is that really an ethos? Especially, if it's an ethos, you can't kick the Especially field goal knowing that like if you get another first down, you can run out the clock and then kick your field goal. Uh, but at that point, I give credit to Venables there because Sark was clearly shaken. He, Sark goes for it all the time, but in that environment, he was clearly like, man, are, they have our – they have our like good stuff. The my go-to plays. They know what we're running. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I don't know. This n- now it scares me that this you've seen it too many times over the last few years. Like Texas just drops a game to a bad team. So yeah, they, they drop a game to a bad team. It's over. Looking at it outside, outside looking in at the Big Twelve championship. Well, so. but but also you have Florida State undefeated. Yeah. You have Michigan that could easily go undefeated. Yeah, there may or not Ohio be a path State. anymore. Honestly. SEC undefeated. Pac goes undefeated. The path it's not Texas no it's, longer controls its, its own destiny. It's they they definitely are still very alive. I think the main the main theory is that the pack is so competitive that the ever I think uh, the one if it comes down one lost teams I think Texas will probably get the nod because they lost earlier. And they'll get. That, I know that, Oregon, that Washington. The winner of that game is going to have a lot of juice this week. Yeah, yeah. going to have a lot of juice. No, absolutely. So we'll see. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Well, the we have. Uh, it's there's still some pretty good games on the board, but it's a little toned down this week. But it's a tough yep. board. We talked about it before we got on. I also had some, but I do think there's some opportunities and. We're going to explore those right now with the week. I don't know. This is very confusing to me. I hope I picked the right one. Winners, 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 winners. I feel 10 feet tall right now. The weakness. Strong as an ox. This is the weekly. These are the picks that count, the picks that matter, the picks that make you money. Uh, 
Rayman, although you're one in three, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll let you discuss your uh, rubber pick first since it's a better game. And I also, I'm on this side. I'm interested to see what you, it, it's a little stinky, but I'm on it. Yeah, four and two in rubbers. We're, we're still killing those in a pretty impressive clip. I may have underestimated Louisville last week. I admit it. As Capper said, time and time again, this entire year, that Sam Hartman was due for that three-interception game. And after not throwing an interception all year, what did he do? He throw, threw three interceptions on the road against Louisville. Estime was also awful, only getting 20 yards on the ground. Notre Dame was just not live at all. But when you have a dead dog of an offense, and it's sputtering along, Guess what? We got a spark plug coming to town with the home game against USC's defense. We all know USC's defense is bad, but I don't think you realize how bad they are until you look into the numbers. So Caleb Williams is really good. We all know that. But you can't give up 421 yards a game on average and beat Notre Dame on the road. USC ranks 79th in the entire FBS in points against. Notre Dame ranks 15th, and they've had a much tougher schedule. But there's more. Notre Dame ranks third in the country in passing yards against per game. They are only allowing 146 yards per game through the air. And USC only ranks 55th in rushing. That is a one-dimensional offense. Granted, the counter to that is they can be one-dimensional because Caleb Williams has been so good. But when you're going into a defense that is that good against the pass in Notre Dame and on the road, and considering Caleb Williams only got 219 passing yards in a triple overtime game at home against Arizona. There is no reason to like USC in this game. Notre Dame has some sneaky route potential. Uh, USC almost blew against Colorado, should have lost Arizona at home. Don't be confused. We're now on the USC fade train going forward for a couple of weeks until everyone wisens up. USC, that 10 means nothing. Capper, you yeah, guys rendered this, them speechless. This was one of yeah. your this is one of Capper's weekly picks. Honestly, Rayman, when you just say that many words, and I'm sure the it's listeners hard. can relate it's hard to, to recover. this. It's borderline ASMR. I don't even make them out. It's just like perfect babble. <laughs> um <laughs> All right, it's an all play on Notre Dame minus two and a half. One of the rare all plays for this pod. It's sure yeah, we don't and, have a lot. And those tend out tend to be tend pretty, pretty good. good. Um Notre Dame coming off a loss, love that. Line moving from one to two and a half, love that. Um, USC higher ranked, um, you know, getting a ton of love. Fraud undefeated record. But they just haven't, I mean, you can watch them every week. Like, they're just not, um, they're not an unbelievable team. Like, their defense is just that bad. Um, And so I think you look at what Sam Hartman can do, you know, what he's capable of. You look at what an estimate can do um, against this rush defense. Um, I think Notre Dame can can slow him down enough here, and I think they win this game. This is, um, I think, a good – I think this is a potential turning turning point for um, for Coach Freeman. So I watched Eric um, – Kind of needs it. I did watch. Freeman needs this game. I did stay up. I watched uh, the Arizona-USC game. I made quite a bit of money on that game uh, because uh, mostly the thing that I know Notre Dame is going to be salivating from watching that game is the pitch plays. Arizona would just run these very basic-ass pitch plays to their decent running back. They are working till the very end. And they the worked every single time. And you know Estime. Till the last play. Estime is a fucking – he single-handedly he's won better. that dude He's game. better. 
He might yeah. go for if you if you're in a state that allows uh, player props. I take whatever. I take whatever amount I could on his total uh, in this game. How, how does Arizona not go for two in that first overtime when they had go to t- go for two to win the game? Cowardice. It is cowardice. You're gonna you're gonna kick a extra point to tie the game on the road against USC when you're Arizona. I'm sorry, but I'm calling for that coach's head. You officially hear it from me. Rainman is calling for Arizona to fire their coach. I don't you're... care who they hire. It could be our coach. Oh, what's Can't what's be him the name? Rainman, what's the name of the coach? For Arizona? Yeah. I refuse to speak his name. He's bold <laughs> to me. Very good. Uh, Jed Fish actually been doing a great job, and they're not going to fire great him. You're, you're dumb. I'm calling for his head. They've they it was almost, playing with house money. You can't lose at that point. They like, almost you go beat, for two. Yeah, you they don't actually get it. they actually look pretty good against Washington. They're playing too. a backup. Like, that turn, that backup. turns on some recruits. They're playing their backup quarterback. Yeah, in they're both playing back. That's games. why you have to go for two there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it's cowardice. Yeah, let cowardice. the kids. Capper, let's do your big rubber. This is another game that I'm also on just because Wisconsin might score points, but Iowa will not. <laughs> that's my um, read well said i mean well I, was, said. I was offensively is still horrific um they've played a few cupcakes here and they've you know gotten Ferenc's point total for the season somewhat on track he's still no, so far still away off track it. um it's off track like but like you score 20 against purdue you score 26 against michigan state you score 41 against western michigan um the only good team they've played all year um Penn State beat them thirty-one nothing. It was a it was a just absolute ass kicking. So um, I love the Wisconsin rush defense. I love their offense. I think they can put up points here. Um, should be a little bit of bit of a slog, but like I just don't see a route for Iowa to score score on offense here. One hundred percent. Only chance. What does Brian Ferentz need? He needed twenty-four points a game. So he needs twenty-four. So they're at twenty-one. They're close. Point eight. Yeah, but that's off track. But the cupcakes are behind them. And they just have the Big Ten slate left. He's getting fired. <laughs> uh, Later, uh, Rayman, your your next pick. Ooh, it's the game of the week, but I don't know what what to think. Yeah, they got forty one against Western Michigan, and they're still not on pace. Or yeah, very bad. <laughs> Oregon plus. That's just still a lot of defensive points scored too. I don't think those should count for him. Right? Yeah, they definitely should Rayman, count. You're on this is a mess. Oregon plus. Yeah, three. I'm on Oregon. Against Washington. At Washington. Game of the year in the pack, arguably. The Cascade Clash in the pack. I have no I, I have no confidence in this one, in this pick. What gives you confidence? I think it's gonna be pick? close. Yeah. I think it's gonna be close. I like getting the three here. I did not love the board this week, which is why it's in my four, but I thought about it more and then I did the research. It got bumped into that four. The winner's also going to be in a driver's seat for the national championship, driver's seat for the Pac-12 pay- playoff, driver's seat for the Heisman Trophy. Bo Nix, Michael Penix, two of the best quarterbacks right now. So I was thinking about who I think the best teams in the country are. I got one, Georgia. I got two, Michigan. That's very basic. I think I got Oregon three and Washington four. So this is kind of like a mini little playoff game for me this week. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but I, I think these two teams are absolutely excellent. On offense, I give the slight edge to Washington. I know I'm picking Oregon here because I think Michael Penix has shown more in this passing attack uh, than Bo Nix has, though Bo Nix is absolutely crushing it. Michael Penix has an unreal 1,999 passing yards on the season. Bo Nix doing very good with 1,500 passing yards on a 15-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. But, 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 
So while Washington is the number one ranked passing offense, they have the 104th ranked rushing offense. And I think you're going to need a multidimensional attack to beat Oregon in this one, who has the fifth-ranked defense in the country. They also have themselves the 10th-ranked passing attack, the 8th-ranked rushing attack, and the number one scoring offense in the nation. You start to put all that together, and Oregon seems like the more balanced team. They have the better defense here, arguably a better offense, depending on how you feel about Michael Penix. So with that reason, Oregon winning that defensive battle by an average of 110 yards per game against Washington, that 42-6 to win against Colorado looks a whole hell of a lot better right now than I originally gave it credit for. Hard not to take the points here. Three of the last four meetings been decided by four points or less. Give me the plus three on the road at Washington. I got nothing. Capper's also completely zonked out. Sure. Do you? Uh, I, I really got you on the on the ASMR today, boys. I think because um, you like the pick. You like the pick. Just say it. Say you like the pick and move on. I don't like it. It's too close of a game. I don't feel any confidence. I just like that's one I'm very excited to watch. But like, yeah, man, it's a it's a, it seems like a razor thin um, spread here to me. Um, Three. I mean, it's thin, but it's not that thin. I mean, but you like, got a key number. It, it's two teams that I think are pretty even on paper. Um, you got the home field advantage for Washington, but like, yeah, Oregon True. might be a little bit better. So is is home field worth only three points to them? I don't know. Good analysis, Maybe. Capper. Let's hope. <laughs> so don't stay. Stay. There'll be some Oregon fans at this. Stay team. living on me. It's not that far. We got. Your, Three hours. Your next game, honestly, this pick absolutely disgusts me because you're choosing a team that is absolutely dead to me after last week. Mizzou dead to you, which plus is fine, two and a half at why, Kentucky. Oh my god, that the worst beat. That was the oh, worst beat. That was such why? a bad beat. You like such a bad beat. Such a bad no cover. It was a bad no cover. Um, they deserved, that killed me. They deserved killed much me better. Uh, the defense was not good, frankly, last weekend for Missouri. But I did like. Um, what the offense does, I still think they have one of the most dynamic playmakers in the country in Luther Burden III. Um, yep. And to me, like this one just comes down to the Missouri rush defense versus the Kentucky rush offense. Um, and it's another one that I think should be a stiffer test. Um, you saw what happened last weekend. As good as Ray Davis was running and as good as the O-line was playing, they got dominated by Georgia. Um, I don't think Missouri is up to that standard, but they're very close um, well, they're they're close. They're closer than all the other teams Kentucky's played. I'll, I'll check myself there. Um, and I, I think the offense can score enough points here. I think coming off of a loss, Coach Drinkwitz is the biggest dork in college football. But um, he'll and have that is, ready to go. And that's a tough title to earn. And and you know what? Like coming off of just an absolute manhandling by Georgia, like you, you know those guys are going to be beaten up a little I, bit. I, I like their, this. Their egos are going to be a little – a little lower than, than they were coming into that game last weekend. So um, the two and a half, it doesn't really matter to me. I think. Missouri yeah, I'm not so sure if Kentucky right. should be favored in this game. Yeah, I'm not I think so sure if Kentucky should be better, favored. So um, I, I just I don't think Devin Leary can do enough. Devin Leary has not shown any to promise. Put them over the top here in this type of game. Yeah, sluggish offense. Uh, speaking of sluggish offense, Rayman, you are on Florida plus two. At South Carolina, gross. Talk Just about gross. talk about two schools that came into the year with like a little bit. They had like a little bit of excitement, and it's just like a, a defla- deflated balloon. Yeah, so this one's weird because, and I I'm not using this as a reason why I'm making this bet because I don't believe it. But I saw in one of the sports app trackers that 92 percent of bets are in South Carolina. 
That just can't be right. That can't be right. It's pretty. It just it's like it just can't be right. Stuff I think. It, it can't be right. But so this is another one of those games where I'm not so sure why South Carolina is favored. Just as in the last game with Mizzou, Kentucky, Florida is averaging more yards on offense, and South Carolina is giving up an extra 160 yards on defense per game. Florida destroyed Tennessee 29 to 16, admittedly at home, and South Carolina got routed by Tennessee 41 to 20, admittedly on the road. But even with transitive properties, cross those out, you take away the home field advantage. Florida looked a lot better against Tennessee than South Carolina did. And Graham Ertz isn't playing well at all, but he's got better numbers than Spencer Rattler somehow. So I think Florida should probably be favored in this game against South Carolina. I think the narrative from Florida, because Florida's expectations were so much higher and South Carolina didn't really have expectations, that Florida's not getting the respect they deserve in this game. Florida's a better team than South Carolina. They should be able to go on the road in South Carolina and get a win. Give me the points. I just... Uh, this is very Florida has just been completely lost when they're not playing at home this year, and I think that's a big part of it. True, but the Utah loss, whatever they lost to Kentucky, people thought they were. Good. I guess it's they not that; it's just like they gotten demolished on the road. So I, I wonder they got they had, they did get wrong. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. <laughs> you're right. They they got they got owned by Kentucky and Utah, but those aren't terrible losses. I don't think they're terrible losses, but I'm curious. South Carolina at home, SEC game. Does the, doesn't the line stink a bit to you since Florida's four and two? Not at not at two. Not not at two. I mean, ninety two percent of bets on South Carolina. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Joe. I like cross examining the picks. If this was like college football pick cross examination, we'd probably get more listeners, right? We need a motif. I almost think South Carolina is getting these points because it's twenty four to fourteen UGA game that's standing in a lot of people's memories. But I think that was more it was more on UGA, not South Carolina. But all right, we'll, we'll uh, sleep on. We'll see. We'll see. Capper, your next pick. Uh, this is an interesting one. I Taking like a it. Wagon. Air Force minus ten and a half versus Wyoming. Air Force has just been covering spreads, beating the ever living shit out of people. They have. They're an absolute machine. I don't. I hope they haven't caught on yet. This line seems a little big, um, bigger than it would have been uh, definitely a few weeks ago. They're getting war um, ready. They are averaging (laughs) five and a half yards a carry. Carriers are shipping out. they have a like five-headed rushing attack that's just <laughs> monstrous. They throw all these dudes at you that just run the ball down your throat. Um, their quarterbacks completed 14 passes on the season. Three of those gone for touchdowns. I mean, they'll even throw a little razzle-dazzle on you when you're expecting just the run, run, run. Oh, no, we'll go over the top on your ass. Why not? Um, Why not? Do you want to go to war or do you want to make the league? I don't really love Wyoming's rush defense here, so I think there is a definite mismatch. Um, I think Air Force can exploit it at home. Wyoming coming off of a huge win last weekend um, at Fresno or versus Fresno, um, beating a top 25 team, getting to five and one on the season. I think they're feeling themselves a little bit. I think Air Force, I mean, they're businesslike. They just shove it down your throat, and I think they cover this one easy. Yeah, I like the pick too. There's a lot of agreement on this one, on this pod. This is a bad board. Bad board. What are you going to do? hate to see it. Uh, they just like, even their. Even their running attack names are business like Owen Burke, John Lee Eldridge the third. Damn, like, that guy's Dude. that guy's bringing a briefcase to, can, to can the they, stadium. He's bringing Saturday. a briefcase to the can game. I invest in their, can I invest in their? Oh, uh, you guys fund? remember the law firm of Benjamin <laughs> Green Ellis? What a nickname! Ben Jar- the law firm ben, of Benjamin Green. It was Ellis. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. 
Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, that's right. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is one. What a, what a, what a nickname. The law firm. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, man. Uh, Dylan Carson. You're, like two first names. You love that. Dear Six God. yards of carry. Does, Easy. Does, does every single player on this team wear a neck roll? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they brought it back. Uh, your final pick, uh, Raymond, is Riley Leonard playing Duke minus three and a half versus probably not. North no, no, State. the line the line reflects that he's not playing. Uh, Duke minus three and a half versus NC State. There's an outside chance he might play. We are doing this very early in the week. I am locking this line now because if he does play, this is going to jump up to seven and a half. Uh, I think Riley Leonard is probably a four point player at least. I do think Duke is good. I think we know Duke's defense is really good and that Mike Elko is a really good coach. And so this is where we find out whether Mike Elko and Duke, are they Riley Leonard's program or are they getting better as a program and can actually roll with the punches, lose their starting quarterback, and win a game that they should win. That's this game right here. Duke's holding their appointment opponents to an average of 11.2 points per game. That is insane. That's fourth in the nation. They played Clemson, they played Notre Dame, and they are holding their opponents to an average of 11.2 points per game. And that is why I am taking Duke, because that defense is extremely good. We're going to roll with Henry Boleyn IV, backup last year as well, so he's been in the system the entire time Elko has been there, was the 34th ranked quarterback in his class. That's not great, but that's pretty good for Duke. And I expect Elko to get creative and have the defense step up and cover the holes. I think Duke can win this by a touchdown. They've covered every game this year other than Notre Dame, which they should have covered. Meanwhile, NC State has not covered any conference game or any away game this year. Give me the Devils. This this used to be a proper pod, a Brendan Armstrong pod. (laughs) (laughs) And look at us now. Look at us now. We... We've forsaken him. Fucking disgraces. Dude. Sad. The they, thing with, they are bad. I they think did look bad. terrible Dude, the all thing, year. The thing so. that was wild, I bad. when I watched North Carolina State, I think they played against Louisville, they were just running Brennan Armstrong right into piles yeah. of people and then asking him to throw That ain't going to work against Duke's defensive line. It was just the dumbest shit. It was legitimately dumb shit. I was like blown it was, away. And mean. It was, Frankly, yeah, mean. It was just mean to me. I'm dude. curious to see if there's more Duke fans than NC State fans in the stands. Because typically in this game, if Duke's playing UNC or NC State at home, it is not a home field advantage. I do not think that that's going to be the case this week. I think Duke's going to have 80 to 90% of the fans, even though Raleigh's only 30 yeah, minutes away. Be, but we'll see. You think you think the you think the kids will be able to get – they won't be working. It was so funny seeing the packed-out Duke State. Just, I just mentioned this, but there are just so many fucking dweebs there. It was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what do you expect? Just, oh, man. I, as I said, a D3 atmosphere uh, hosting college game day. Yeah, it just smelled like Doritos. What you got? It just reeked of Dorito dust there, I bet. Uh, let's just go through all the... Let's Wait, speaking of which, have you ever had the Flamin' Hot Cooler Ranch Hybrid Doritos? No, are they, are you they, haven't. Oh, my God. They're transcendent. I shan't. Well, well, they aren't a sponsor. It's it's a chemical flavor bomb designed by God Himself. It made me religious again. They aren't. Uh, is it, they aren't not a sponsor. Well yeah, right yeah. You're still you're still very much on the mend. I think I saw your arm fall off. Yeah, you're three weeks away from trying this chip. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, let's go through your picks, Ray Man. We'll put it on the. We'll put it on the calendar now. 
Rain Man, what are your what are your yes, schedule a calendar for you and you can get fucking MSG. October twenty seventh. First drive Doritos Flame and Hot Cooler Ranch Hybrid. Can we do it live on the pod? Make it a pod event. We'll do it live. That's we can all get a bag of chips and try them together. That's good podcasting. <laughs> It'll be like the old cheese it days. Uh, uh, so I got Notre Dame minus two and a half versus USC. Oregon plus three at Washington, the Cascade Clash. Florida plus two at South Carolina, and Duke minus three and a half versus NC State. Capper. Big rubber, Wisconsin minus ten versus Iowa. Notre Dame minus two and a half in agreement with Rain Man versus USC. Mizzou plus two and a half at Kentucky. Air Force minus ten and a half versus Wyoming. The wagon. They're good. The wagon. Speaking of a wagon, I heard a rumor that they have they give out winning fourteen parlay picks on this pod. Do you hear about that? Congrats, congrats, it only ha- brother. It only happens during you squeeze. It. Well picks. done. I got I got a text. I got a, some text from some listeners saying I can't believe Joe P did it, and you're going one and three. I'm so it's awful. I'm so sick. I was well. I I am so sick, but I was literally too sick to place that last weekend, and now. I'll never forgive myself. You, I, you never should. Killed his whole motherfucking thing. Shit, if I do it. No, we some dogs. We some dogs. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! These are the squeeze picks for everyone that just wants to squeeze out a little extra action. Uh, this week we have a new king of the hill. It is uh, someone who is on Twitter that follows us at Mark K Berger. Goes by Detective Reporter Marky Mark. Uh, we have we've theorized that we think this is a burner account for someone we know, and I have a pretty <laughs> strong feeling that it is. But this is our first time getting audio confirmation. To be clear, this person responds to all of our tweets. It's kind of scary. Uh, but now they're king of the hill. They really love Capper. They wanted to establish that. Uh, and they frequently call Rain Man Rain Woman, which would be, of course, a step up. Uh, yeah, post Barbie movie. That's certainly it's a great thing. Nothing you could not. Com- I'm living in Barbie's world. You could baby. not compliment Rain Man more than if you called him Rain Woman. But without further yeah. ado, I don't. Great. I don't know who this weirdo is. Let's find out. Here we go. Average Joe Rain Woman and Capper, I love. You are the most Capper. What's up, guys? This is what? your boy, Detective Mark K. Berger, also known as the kid who fucked up CP3 Feet's mom, also known as your mother lover, also known as the demon of Twitter, also known as Marky. Mark, guys, I am so excited to be me and Joe's eyes right now. First and foremost, I really just want to say I want to say a big you to Hamas mother. We are going to blow you guys to smithereens. You guys are bitches. And Marky Mark will stick so far down. Never mind. Oh my god. But on a shout out, Israel, wow. this is a pro Israel pod, so shout out Israel. Mouse, you bitches. Okay, guys. Now on to the pick. It's simple. Yeah. USC okay. plus two and a half over Notre Dame is the pick. Caleb Williams oh. is going to say, suck my fat balls, you bitches. Well, that... Notre Dame, those Antifa loving Catholics don't know what's going to hit them. Oh my god. Look, I get that USC has been playing bad defense, okay, I get it, but Capper said it best that these Pac-12 teams just beat up all on each other. So now that USC is getting outside the Pac-12, everyone thinks this is their game day. 
are going to get it handed to them finally because, well, defense is leaky and blah, blah, blah. But Caleb Williams is going to be the first ever back-to-back -back Heisman winner where he bangs your bookies nope. with so hard she will be screaming until church the... Next, <laughs> you Catholic sons of bitches. This is his time to shine, and Lincoln Riley is going to do what he does best on prime time. USC Moneyline is the pick, but I think you guys like doing the spread so easy cash money, bang your bookie's wife on two and a half. <laughs> also, USC has the hottest Jewish girls in the world. <laughs> Catholics, let's go, let's go Israel, baby. Also, f*** you, Sark, you bitch-ass mother <laughs> son of a bitch. I hope you go play in traffic. You are the reason why Texas can't win the games that are most important. <laughs> He's definitely using an audio software. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, he got me right after I said it, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, that wow. was... Well, oh, thank God we only have one week of that. It's pretty aggressive. That was a lot. That was our first AI pick. They, they, got, they typed in something into a chat. AI robot thing. Uh, I mean, it's great. Great delivery. Cadence could use some work. Yeah, honestly, we could replace Capper at this point. If they come back, can they just... My only request is next week, can they use Donald Trump's voice for the pick? Uh, <laughs> if you're going to give us a fake pick, let's do something with it. But that was a lot. I guess I have to bleep out quite a bit of that, huh? Uh, he might. He might. You got to keep it family friendly. If there's one thing about... If there's one thing Banger Bookie's wife is about, it's family. Always. Yeah. It's the kids. Uh, it's always been for the kids. And you know the best way to put your kids through college is probably by a fucking four-teamer that's going to melt your fucking face off. Uh, if you bet $10 on my four-teamer last week, you would have made a lot of money because my four-teamer hit last week. I went three and one two weeks prior. I hit my four-teamer last week. If you're just looking at my picks, I'm 10 and two the last three weeks on Fuego. Uh... So maybe, maybe, maybe key, I noticed the, the rare, this is the rare instance I've done the four teamer where I can see both of you two are paying attention right now. We're ready. Uh, we're yeah. Hey, we did, we have said we've liked them recently to be fair. Um, yes. So we're, we are good discerning critics. So the common, common theme I'm going with here is I love uh, the home teams in, in big spots this week. I'm taking Houston plus three versus West Virginia. Uh, this is I've been crushing Nasty line. I've been crushing betting teams in home spots that don't make sense. Last weekend it was Oklahoma State versus Kansas State. Uh, of course they won they won on the money line, but I think this is a similar spot. Houston plus three versus West Virginia. West Virginia is coming in. Uh, I think they're going to be very very public because they have some juice because they've won a few more games than expected. They're four and one. Houston's the worst team in the Big Twelve. So I'm all over this spread. I think I think Houston ends up money line. Uh, Oklahoma State plus three versus Kansas. Another spread that doesn't make sense. Back to the well. But I think Oklahoma State is a team on the ascent right now. Uh, they seem to have figured something out on offense. Uh, I think this spread is particularly stinky after Kansas put on such a dominating performance. But I like Oklahoma State at home in this spot. We're staying at home. We're staying in the Big 12 again. Texas Tech minus one and a half versus Kansas State. Uh, probably my favorite pick of the week. Texas Tech is a team that's going to improve as the season progresses. They do have a lot of talent. Uh, they beat the 
hell out of Baylor at Baylor last week, which is whatever you can say about Baylor. It's, I think, an impressive win for them. I love them in this spot at night, at home, in Kansas State. Lubbock is a weird yeah, place I to like play. Yeah, I like that, too. And then finally... Talk about going back to the well. I love Oregon State minus four versus UCLA at home. The Beavs back. The Beavs once again at home. UCLA's defense is really good. But you're giving me Oregon State. You're giving me Oregon State at home against a freshman quarterback all day. Less, yeah, less, and and the quarter, they've looked shakier of late. They look, I, I I'm fine with the pick. Just a little pause. They look. The they look. Uh, they look real good at home. But I like. Uh, I like all these games quite a bit. These were the four that stood out to me on the board. Houston plus three on Thursday versus West Virginia. Oklahoma State plus three versus Kansas. Texas Tech minus one and a half versus Kansas State. Oregon State minus four versus UCLA. Are we on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like the other side of any of those picks. So, yeah, I guess we're on it. We're on it. Oh, baby. Take, take it early in case they announce Jalen. A rare, a rare agreement pod. Yeah, you might as well take it now. Yeah. Uh, Wait, don't take it now in case they announce Jalen. Or they don't, and he doesn't play. Nah. Oh. We still believe. The turntables. <laughs> <laughs>